Hello, everybody, and welcome to Breaking the Wall podcast. It's me, Brandon, and I am coming at you with one of the first episodes for 2023. I have been MIA from the podcasting world for the past few months. Uh, I've been cre- I created two new works back in December. Uh, I've been in rehearsals, learning new roles. I've been traveling a bunch, teaching a bunch, just a lot of different projects all combined together. So the podcast has really taken a a pause, a backseat, if you will. Um, but I'm excited because in 2023, my whole goal is to bring the podcast back. I've had some time to really recharge, think of some new episode ideas, um, and really let that part of my creativity flourish. So I'm excited to share these ideas with you today. I'm excited to share a bunch of ideas with you all year. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. If you've been with us since actually we started this thing in 2021, I believe. Uh, yeah, that's wild. We started this in 2021 and now we're in 2023. Um, not as consistent as I would have hoped, but the community of people that I have met through class who say they listen to the podcast, the people that are just moving to the city saying, Hey, I've been listening to your podcast since I've been, you know, since I been in school, like all of that is so exciting. And I'm excited to continue to grow that community. And that's why the podcast is still here. So without further ado, welcome back, everybody. Uh, For this first one, this first episode, I wanted to start with something that I know is on a lot of our minds. It is audition season. Here in New York, I'm seeing it actually all over the US, um, in Europe as well. It is full out audition season. If you are about to graduate, you may be seeing a lot of postings for new company positions opening up. Um, usually companies start their season in like the late summer. Um, so they start looking now and they start to start signing people as early as today and go all the way through summer. Um, of course you can get a job at any time, but this is where most companies live. Uh, so I wanted to open up with just some ideas and some audition advice that I think is going to be really useful moving forward in 2023. And if you are listening to this, I know you've probably had your fair share of audition advice given to you. You know, stand in the front. um, Make sure you, you know, you only ask good questions or make sure you show up on time. All that kind of stuff. Yes, we know. I wanted to share four ideas today that are a little more heady, um, less of a practice and more of something just to be aware of um, as you get into auditioning for professional jobs. It is a tough market out there. Um, It is dense of people looking for work. It is a frustrating landscape to be a part of. But I think these ideas are going to help you navigate it and you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that's the whole goal. I'm not saying that this career isn't tough. I am here to offer ways to make it easier to navigate, though. Yeah. So I just want to dive right into these four ideas, with the first one being to don't mistake showing your technique with using it. Yes, don't mistake showing your technique for using it. This is Something I wish someone just t- 
took me by the shoulders back in 2015, shook me and said, whatever you do, do not try to show them that you have good technique, right? Use your technique because you've been using it for so many years. You've been perfecting it in college, even before college. Your early training is all about finding this technique. When you are getting into the dance world, especially the contemporary world or the performance world of Broadway or, you know, musical theater land, you need to realize that your technique isn't the thing that's going to book you the job. Maybe in a ballet company that might have a little bit more weight, but for the most part, people hiring are looking for people who are performing and they're looking for how people work. Everyone's got the same technique. I, I mean, not everyone has the same technique, but everyone has a relative base level of good technique in this professional industry, right? Of course, we can continue to work on it. That's why we go to class. But it's not about the anatomical technique to get you a job, right? Most auditions are designed to see how you work and perform, right? So if the goal is to show off that technique you've been working on for two and a half years in college or a training program, I'm just trying to say that your success rate is probably going to be low. Yes, we need to realize that our technique is there to support us, right? Because it's not the end-all be-all. Your technique is there to help you just have a longer career, right? We learn how our bodies work. We learn what tracking is. We learn how to, you know, how to, I don't know, shift our pelvis. We know how to lift our leg or whatever it is that you learned how to do in school. Um, But what our technique does is it gives us greater knowledge of how our body can and wants to move, right? But that is not what we need to be showing in auditions. What we need to be showing is our passion, our love, our commitment, And hope and know that our technique is going to be there to support us, right? But like I said, yes, use technique as a tool to, you know, help you grow in your movement rather than a place where your movement stops, right? I think sometimes we're so worried about being clean, being correct, and being technical that we forget that we are in an industry that asks us to perform, move big, push boundaries, right? That's the kind of thing we want to see on auditions. So number one, don't mistake showing your technique for using it. Number two, and this is a big one and you already heard it, but it needs to be in here. Don't take no's personally, right? We hear about this industry. We know that there are a lot of no's about to come our way, right? It's going to be no after no after no until there's hopefully a yes. And I'm I'm wishing you many positive audition experiences, but the truth is most won't be your ideal, right? Auditions are stressful by nature. I mean, energetically, any audition you walk into will have some kind of stressful vibe, whether that's the energy at the front of the room or energy from other people. I always call it the, you know, the nervous fart syndrome, uh, you just walk into a room and you can smell that people are nervous. Maybe that's a little TMI, but if you've ever been into an audition room, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, unfortunately, that doesn't change in the professional world. It's still the same. Um, but we need to know that if it doesn't work out, it's it's really easy to feel like it's an active choice against you. Right. If someone's saying no, not today, 
we can take this really personally. And in the long run, taking these things personally will be detrimental to the success of our career, right? I know it sounds intense, but if you're constantly feeling the burn of every no, you'd be a masochist to keep going back. Every time you're like, oh, if if you're going into these auditions and always feeling the heaviness and the personal attack of someone being like, no, it's not you. We're going with someone else comparing ourselves to those people who get it or, you know, all that whole system. It's going to be a really, really tough career and you're going to find yourself burning out. So what we need to do is we just need to find some healthy ways to move on from rejection. You know, I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but for me, anytime I get a negative result from an audition, I take one day to sulk, be upset, angry, especially if it's a job I really want. And then I have to move on. And, you know, for me, I feel that sting. I make sure I recognize and be like, wow, that hurts. All right. Taking it personally. But then I need to put it to the side. I need to tell myself that it's not personal. It's just not right now. Right. So that's the mental game. I'm like, okay, it's just not right now. If I can believe this narrative, then. I can move on and try again another day, go to another audition and know once again, it's not personal. It's just not today. But then something more active I like to do is that I try to find an easy win over the next day or two, right? And so what I mean by easy win is something that just makes me feel good and kind of puts me back into my power as a dancer. That can look like going to a class I really like, um, a class that makes me feel good that I'm not going to get anything out of. Uh, meaning like a job or a paycheck. I just go because I'm like, I like this teacher. I feel good in this class. It's in my comfort zone. You know, it reminds me why I like dance. I always do that right after an audition doesn't go well. It can also look like going to the gym or some other like active activity that makes you feel really good or proud of yourself. I, like I said, I think it's just really good to match every rejection or every no or everything that doesn't go your way with something positive or something that does make you feel good, right? And that actually increases your confidence to help you kind of dive back into the tough world of auditioning. And I always say this, I think that, you know, being a professional dancer is just equal parts delusion and self-awareness. You have to believe you're good enough, even when someone's saying no. And then you have to be able to recognize that maybe you don't have the skill sets required for the job right now. So get back to work. Get back into the studio. Get that weight training going. Find out what's missing or what's not clicking for you and try to improve on that. Yeah. Most of the time, I don't think people are very far off. Dancers are so good, so adaptable. They're just missing a piece. So putting yourself in experiences where you can try to figure out what that piece is, is going to be so useful. So that's number two. Try not to take the no's personally. Put yourself back in your power by taking some action when those no's do come your way. Number three of four is going to be not to label yourself too soon. When we label, we limit. Yeah, when we label ourselves as one thing, we really limit all the possibilities that can come from what else is out there, right? So I think of school and our experiences that come before getting a job as a place where uh, we really shape who we are, right? Our, and that's just life, right? Your experiences shape who you are. However, 
I need you to know that no matter what prepared you for your career, right? Maybe you went to a very ballet heavy school or you went to a very jazz heavy school. Just because that was your training doesn't mean you can't change your trajectory now. What tends to happen early on is that dancers, you know, they go to a musical theater school or wherever and they say, this is what I am because this is what I prepared for. So we pigeon ourselves into a type too quickly and then we don't give ourselves room to pivot. I mean, what happens when a Broadway show that you really want to be a part of or even the Broadway show of your dreams needs contemporary dancers and you've only trained in jazz, right? Or what happens when you have to act in a contemporary dance work or you have to or maybe you discover your love for physical theater what are you going to do right if you only have one type of training or you never took that acting class or that singing class you want to fill up your tool belt with as much as possible and a lot of that sourcing actually happens after you graduate and when you leave the comfort of college life right it's college is weird where it's just this kind of um melding or mixing of kind of the same idea. Like everyone who goes to this school went there for a specific reason, right? We all went to this school because of the program or what they were offering. Maybe they were offering a lot of guesseworks or a lot of performance opportunities. More than likely, and I've said this in past episodes also, most schools have a type or they have a marketing thing that they're selling to potential applicants or potential students who want to come to their school. So they're not going to give you everything. They're going to attract a lot of like-minded dancers um, to a place. Like I went to school with a lot of competition dancers, but I know there's other schools that didn't have that same attraction, more performance-based artists, right? So that's the kind of education they're getting. When you graduate, you have the power to do something different. Maybe as you're lear- as you're going through school, you're looking over you know, on YouTube, or you're seeing a lot of different shows that you're like, oh, wait, actually, what I thought I wanted four years ago when I joined this school isn't actually what I want to do. You need to take the opportunities once you graduate to re-educate yourself in more ideas or different ideas or new skill sets, right? I mean, I, for me, my first job, I was going to be a jazz dancer, right? I, from the beginning of school, I said, I want to join a jazz company. I want to, you know, do... I want to dance in music videos, whatever it is. And it wasn't until after I graduated that I said, you know, I really love floor work. Like floor work is really interesting. And there was always this acting side of me that wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted to discover that I never gave time to in college. Like there were so many little things that I found interest in that I never gave myself the space to really dive into in college that I had to Once I graduated, I had to sign up for workshops. I had to do um, acting workshops or floor work workshops or contemporary dance workshops. And what that did was it gave me a foundation after school to do other work. And of course, the work I did in school was great. And that's that also has served me really well and kind of, you know, made me, um, you know, kind of stand out in a world that was more unfamiliar to me. But for you, now is the time to really start getting more information, getting new things, really tapping into the things that interest you because I want you to be more prepared for the jobs you don't even know you want yet. Yeah, so don't just say, this is what I'm going to be, unless that is what you really want, right? If you really want to be in 
classical musical theater, sure, that's a thing. If you really just want to do contemporary works that uh, don't require a lot of different contemporary elements, sure, whatever. But, you know, like I said, once you label, you limit. So give yourself all the opportunities to succeed in many different ways, right? And then we can get more specific as we get older, right? Once we do gather all these different skill sets, we try on a bunch of different things. That's when we can say, you know what? Actually, maybe it is just this one type of thing. But knowing that once you hit that mark, once you say, I'm done learning, oof, it is a quick trajectory downhill, right? And when I say downhill, I just mean the end of growth. Yeah, just plain and simple. The last thing I want to offer you all before this episode ends is the idea to audition the auditioner. Yeah, audition the auditioner. I need you to understand that you vibing with a company or show is just as important as them vibing with you, right? You need to be as excited as they are about you and vice versa. How, and we do this in the audition room especially, right? This is a sure sell, sure tell, uh, oh my gosh, tongue twister, sure tell sign of what it's going to be like to work with this person or under this person, right? How does the director engage with you? Or how do the company members engage with you in the audition room? What's their energy like? How do they make the room feel? What values do they demonstrate through their words or, you know, through their energy in the audition room? All of these things, I know there's so many things to think about. You're trying to learn a combo. You're trying to meet partners. You're trying to uh, make sure you do a good job. But just, you know, as a little extra thing, be like, what vibe is being created right now? Do I feel safe in this environment? Are they using keywords that inspire me to do better work? Right? I'll leave you with this story of one of the last few auditions I really went to. This is actually hilarious. Was in uh, 2017. And I was, it was for like a summer workshop that leads into a um a company and this is very common a lot of people are like come to our summer workshop and then we'll uh by the end of that we're we'll hire from there right so they get more of a chance to work with you but i remember one line so vividly of we were learning this combo and the director said you know what it's 2017 if we're doing any kind of back arch your head needs to be on the floor and I think there was also something along the lines of like if your legs not at 180 then then I don't even know why I don't even know why we're here. Like something very uh, arbitrary like that. Like put your head on the ground, lift your leg high. Sure, that can be a value system, and that is completely okay. And I know I'm making fun of it right now, but uh, don't come at me. Um, but for me, those aren't my values, right? And that was a sign in the middle of audition where I'm looking for a job, right? That I said, oh no, this isn't for me. I actually don't want to do this. I don't want to be in this environment every day, 10 to 5. I don't want the standard to be this for me. And I don't want to grow in that environment, right? And that's super important. Like, I am uninspired to try to do this thing because of the language behind it. If there, maybe it was, maybe if the language was more about like finding a way to expand in different ways or 
maybe the trigger word was play or maybe if the um, instruction was to, you know, take what we're giving you and make it your own. That's the kind of thing that really sparks my creativity, sparks my interest. And that's not really what happened here. Yeah. So, I mean, check in with the room, check in with what you're feeling and listen to that, that gut feeling of this doesn't feel like the right space for me. That is so valuable. And that is going to, if you can tune into that, you're going to find jobs and you're going to be attracted to more jobs that better align with your values that way, right? Through this year and through these episodes, I I definitely want to keep, you know, encouraging you all to tune in with what you want and make sure that you're not just going for any job. Sure, we want to get paid. We need to get paid. We need to do that to you know, survive, especially if you're living in more expensive cities. And I trust you're going to be able to do that, but I don't want you to be ever feel stuck in a, in a job that doesn't bring you joy. Challenges, sure, it can bring you challenges, but I want you to wake up most days excited to be in a room um, past just having the opportunity to dance and someone saying yes. Yeah, there's so much more to this career. So I'll leave you with that, a little bit of a longer episode to kick us off into 2023. But if you enjoyed this, please let me know. The pod, uh, the podcast has its own Instagram at Breaking the Wall Podcast. You can leave us a review. Maybe you're the first review of 2023. How fun is that? Um, but message me at It's Brandon Coleman also if you love this episode or if there's episode ideas you have. Um, but looking forward to the next one, and I will see you all soon. Bye.